to the Intersection Magazine podcast. This week we're in Kenya, East Africa, Nairobi. And um, after attending the East Africa Com, uh, one of my friends that actually uh, is in the tech, tech and uh, innovation space suggested that I meet Felix Macharia. Now, Felix Macharia is actually the man behind Kotani Pay. Um, he has... Uh, uh, is quite a, a wide array of experience in terms of places that he's worked. He was he's been to at First Nexus, US Nairobi Institute of Blockchain Studies, Africa Digest uh, uh, Digital Asset Foundation, as well as of course having been trained at um, the university here. So our conversations are really going to be around the uh, uh, solutions that he's come up with for uh, uh, for payments that uh, the, the space that he's in. Uh, querying him also about uh, the ecosystem as it stands in, in, in Kenya. We're interested in getting some insights on uh, lessons that we can learn as, as, as an ecosystem in Uganda, the country which I'm from, uh, as well as, of course, uh, uh, leveraging his knowledge on, on, on how Kenya has done it because uh, Kenya is one of the four most important countries in terms of venture capital interest attraction uh, generation. Um, so we are just interested in finding out what, uh, of course, what Kotani Pay is doing, what Felix Mashari is doing, and uh, you know, just uh, pick his brain in terms of uh, what we can learn, what we as other developers or maybe investors or can learn from what they're doing in in Nairobi. Um, so we hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you. So Felix, tell us a bit about um, Kotani Pay. What are you guys up to? What do you do? What problems have you identified? What are you solving for? Uh, give us the whole enchilada. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, thank you for for the invite, uh, Nicholas. So, mm-hmm. um, I lead the team at Kotani Pay, um, where we are building a technology stack mm-hmm. that connects blockchain protocols, DApps, and fintechs on one side mm-hmm. to local payment channels. Okay. Um, so we're very much focused on um, the problem of onboarding users to the new web. Um, it's Web3, it's known as uh, Web3. Okay. Uh, but basically our current internet is transitioning to a model where it's more decentralized, mm-hmm. um, where ownership belongs to the people who are creating value on it. Mm-hmm. And our focus is on how Africans, including even Africans who don't have smartphones, mm-hmm. can transition to this uh, new type of uh, internet. Okay. Um, you mentioned several uh, interesting ideas. Of course, you said uh, Web three. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit more about what's different. You know, how many mm-hmm. iterations? You want to call them iterations? Have, have we had of the of the web? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and what's what makes Web three interesting, and why should we be involved? Yeah. So there have been three main ones. Um, mm-hmm. The first one was static pages uh, okay. back in the nineteen eight ninety nine ninety nine and two, early two thousands. Mm-hmm. So basically, just had a page where you will post whatever it is that you do, Amazon, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. We do this, we sell this, and mm-hmm. then somebody will contact you offline. Mm-hmm. And then we had Web2, which was more of the interactive web, where mm-hmm. um, I could not only post to my users, my users could post back to me. And okay. that then created this um, whole boom that we saw with uh, social media and uh, the sharing economy. So mm-hmm. Airbnb, mm-hmm. Um, Uber was sort of like... Uh, Bath out of that. Okay. And then finally, we have what we're calling Web3, mm-hmm. which is we realized along the way that we are creating so much value mm-hmm. on uh, Web2, but the value only goes to 
a few owners. Okay. So basically, they put behind these companies. They mm-hmm. end up being obscenely rich. Mm-hmm. We keep on talking about income inequality. Mm-hmm. We keep on talking about ownership of that data. Like mm-hmm. they own our data. They sell our data. We are the product. Mm-hmm. And so Web3 is how can we use um, blockchain infrastructure, mm-hmm. which was initially actually meant to disrupt the financial system mm-hmm. to distribute ownership to uh, the people creating value on okay. these platforms. Okay. Um, I also uh, am curious because uh, of looking at your uh, past employment history, um, what, is, what have some of these uh, past places that you've been, what do they inform in terms of your, your current level of, of skill right now, what you're solving for? I'm curious, like First Nexus, what was what what did you learn there? What was what were you doing for First Nexus, EOS Nairobi? Um, I'm interested also in like your uh, your time at the Institute of Blockchain Studies. What were you learning there? Yeah, so um, at First Nexus, we were really just focused on fourth industrial revolution technologies, okay. right? So this was back in twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of writing and research into how these technologies are accelerating and converging. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you go back in time, you're probably mm-hmm. talking about uh, steam engines and the second industrial revolution, talking about uh, the first industrial revolution and so on. But mm-hmm. like the fourth industrial revolution was bringing in blockchain, AI, robotics, IoT, um, and all these technologies that people are building on today. Mm-hmm. And these technologies are not only developing and accelerating, they're also converging with each other, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so th- that was what we were focused on. And we were looking at how can we use these new technologies to build tools of wealth creation mm-hmm. um, on, the, on the continent. Okay. Of course, it was very clear to us at the time that mm-hmm. the winner in, in you know, among of a good starting place, at least for, for us here on the continent, was mm-hmm. blockchain. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is it's a permissionless technology, yes. right? So mm-hmm. for me to do any AI stuff, mm-hmm. um, I need to have like a lot of data. I need to feed this data uh, to algorithms. I need basically a lot of computing power. Mm-hmm. And it's not, a, it's not a great start. It's not an easy starting point for okay. uh, startups. Perhaps that has become easier over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with blockchain, it will start today. Yeah? Mm-hmm. You could download a wallet. You could participate in a community. You could mm-hmm. engage with other people around the world. And so it was a very easy place to start. And therefore, it transitioned from... Um, first nexus to the Institute of Blockchain Studies, mm-hmm. where I was a researcher, right? Okay. So I was I was checking out um, how is blockchain being implemented at least on the continent around twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. Um, we had an ICO boom, and we had uh, I think Bitcoin getting to twenty thousand dollars for the first time, mm-hmm. and at that point, uh, it was very clear to us that there were limitations to proof of work as mm-hmm. a you know as a technology, mm-hmm. and the the things that are coming up called proof of stake blockchains. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one being EOS, okay. um, which is a de- decentralized proof of stake blockchain. And so we ended up uh, being a node validator, meaning we were uh, processing transactions for mm-hmm. um, the EOS blockchain and a couple of other blockchains like Icon and Telos and the likes. Okay. Okay. Um, and that taught us a lot about the inner workings of blockchains. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually what we realized is, and this is what brought us to Kotanipe, is there is a gap between what the benefits of the technology mm-hmm. um, in terms of traceability, um, instant payments, affordable payments, and what we have on the continent. And okay. So we set out to bridge that gap with mm-hmm. uh, Kotani Pay. Okay. Um, what about your work at Africa Digital Asset Foundation? Yeah, um, Africa Digital Asset Foundation, and you know, I'm still a member of that foundation, okay. was established by uh, you know, 
great a great guy Marvin Colby um, out of Bahamas and he now is resident of the continent mm -hmm. but the focus was a lot on building legal frameworks okay. um, and standards mm -hmm. around this new technology blockchain mm -hmm. technology so we realized that uh, it, it has potential to disrupt not only the financial system, but a lot of the other things we do. Mm -hmm. How do we set standards and uh, frameworks that make sense for the continent? Okay. Um, speaking of um, uh, um, standards and, and legal issues, mm. I've noticed that there's, a, there's almost like a, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a divide between sub-Saharan Africa mm -hmm. and uh, um, you know, Northern Africa in terms of... of, of I guess you could talk about cryptocurrency adoption. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a dead, a, a dead area. Um, do you know any any reason why this is this is this is happening? Yeah, it's probably the Sahara, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the the what what happened is, um, I think the North African countries mm -hmm. um, tend not to be democracies in that sense, okay. right? Okay. So the kind of approach they took um, towards cryptocurrencies was more of ban cryptocurrencies mm -hmm. and so if you ban a technology mm -hmm. um people tend to be fearful about you know investing their time if i'm a developer i'm not going to invest my time there mm -hmm. if i'm an investor i'm not going to invest my time there mm -hmm. and so you find that I'll, what we're getting now from north africa is a lot of ai startups so okay okay it, it's it's very possible that uh, north africa egypt and other countries i think you saw the tunisian mm -hmm. uh, ai startup that was acquired mm -hmm. will end up being leaders in you know the AI side of things. Okay. Um, for the rest of Sub-Saharan Africa, we had issues with our financial system. Mm -hmm. There was a sense of democracy and uh, we had a lot of youth that were um, connected and exposed to um, the internet. Mm -hmm. and so these guys came across uh, blockchain technologies. Again, they're permissionless, so they could engage with them mm -hmm. as long as they had an internet connection. Okay. Cool. Um, now, I... Uh, Notice that some of the uh, events you participated in, you were part of like the FFR remittances event. Mm -hmm. um, tell me a little bit more about that and what uh, role Kotani play, what your tool plays in terms of uh, remittances. Yeah, so um, IFAD FFR is a UN-based uh, you know, um, funding facility um, mm -hmm. that con concentrates on remittances, especially to rural communities. So okay. they look at how technologies um, around remittance, how various uh, legal structures or the whole ecosystem around remittance can impact um, the rural communities you know, for development, essentially. Mm -hmm. right? So you are in Nigeria, you have a, a relative of yours that is in the US. Mm -hmm. um, how do we make it easier for you to get funds so that mm -hmm. then you can develop your local community in uh, Nigeria? Okay. So it so happened that for Kotani Pay, we have... Uh, three products and one of the products is an SMS wallet okay. targeted to rural communities that don't have smartphones mm -hmm. um, and the, the basic premise is blockchain technology as a transfer tool okay. right so humanitarian organizations leverage blockchain technology and mm -hmm. stable coins mm -hmm. to send funds to end users who have um, SMS wallets or USSD okay. wallets okay. And then the users can cash out to mobile money, which okay. is the the role that the tech stack does. So like connecting blockchain protocols to local payment channels. Um, so we became a part of IFAD FFR mm -hmm. uh, because of our role or uh, our role within the humanitarian aid uh, community. Okay. Um, then I also noticed you you talked about um, uh, tokenization. Mm -hmm. Could you highlight uh, some some of this? I noticed you talk about uh, world assets. Providing liquidity, mm -hmm. 
uh, lowering investment minimum, mm -hmm. uh, increasing fractional ownership, mm -hmm. automated ownership and transparency as well as uh, immutable records. Yeah. Um, so kind of just, you know, feel free to talk about which one you want, you want to talk about, but just I wanted a bit of a highlight about tokenization of the benefits. Great. Um, so one of the benefits of, uh, again, blockchain technology is that you can take uh, assets in the real world. Okay and make them tokens on a blockchain network. Mm -hmm. And that then means that these assets are liquid. Liquid means they can uh, move around, they can be easily transferred, they can be easily exchanged okay. um, on, on a blockchain. Mm -hmm. The most successful uh, one has been the tokenization of US dollars. And okay. you know, the, the reason for this, I think, is the US dollar is the reserve currency of the world. It's okay. used in most... Uh, trade uh, finance um, transactions mm -hmm. uh, but its availability is you know it, it's very it's, it's it's low in most okay. countries so like mm -hmm. in, in kenya right now we are facing a usd you know shortage mm -hmm. um, and creates all kinds of problems you can't import medicines you can't mm -hmm. import uh, raw materials you can't mm -hmm. do all these things okay so um tokenizing dollars which mm -hmm. um some um companies have done so like tether is a good example and uh Circle is a good example, and you could, you know, compare the two and, and have advantages and disadvantages. But mm -hmm. they have been able to tokenize USD mm -hmm. and make it available on a blockchain so that people in Africa can actually access USD. Mm -hmm. um, whether you're a business mm -hmm. or you're, you know, an individual, you can access USD and use mm -hmm. that USD for whatever purposes you need. So, like, okay. whether that's savings or mm -hmm. using it to buy things online mm -hmm. or, you know, like in the case that we have seen at least with one product that we give to businesses called the Stablecoin Settlement Solution, mm -hmm. having the ability to import um, raw materials from abroad, having the ability to um, send funds uh, to other people abroad. Right? Okay. So, um, I think last year, um, it was something like $18 trillion that was processed by wow. civil coins. That's bigger than Visa. Mm -hmm. uh, Visa was $14 trillion. Um, MasterCard was, I think, uh, something lower, maybe like $60 trillion. So okay. that has been the most um, successful form of tokenization. Mm -hmm. It's possible to tokenize other assets. So that okay. it's possible to tokenize gold. Mm -hmm. It's possible to tokenize precious metals. And mm -hmm. um, this is a trend that's only growing you know, in, in Africa. Okay. And then with tokenization, you extend it to something called real-world asset uh, finance or real-world mm -hmm. asset DeFi. Mm -hmm. And this is being pushed by funds like... Uh, um, Goldfinch or Maple Finance, uh, very interesting firms, probably should be um, um, visitors of this podcast. But they have been able to do something like $100 million um, in loans to mm -hmm. various uh, African fintechs and various okay. African companies. Mm -hmm. So basically you have a global pool of investors that's mm -hmm. putting in stable coins in a pool. Mm -hmm. And that stable co those stable coins are extended to um, KYC'd um, customers, mm -hmm. mostly companies, mm -hmm. um, that are dealing in the continent. So to okay. Gende, for example, in Uganda, mm -hmm. has, has been a beneficiary of one of, the, of these loans, Pezesha, and others here in Kenya have been beneficiaries of these uh, stablecoin loans. Okay. Um, by the way, congratulations. I found out that you also became, did, Kotani Pay was, became a digital public good. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you, yeah. yeah um, tell us a little bit more about what that means. I know mm -hmm. the issue of public goods from... Uh, other studies but what does that actually mean yeah so a, a lot of it has to do with the open source movement okay. um, so basically you find a concept that works mm -hmm. um, you work on it internally mm -hmm. there are two routes to take one is you could decide to patent the product and have it 
owned by the company and mm -hmm. that's mobile web 2 uh, mindset mm -hmm. the other one is to open source it and okay. let people build on it mm -hmm. and that's more of a web 3 uh, mindset okay. so we're part of the unicef uh, crypto innovation fund mm -hmm. um, they you know are very gracious they at least took us through the program and we were able to open source some of our work uh, at least on the ussd um, side okay um, um, I'm also wondering about Outlife. It's just today, actually, I'm reading through, um, I think it was Twitter, and apparently um, the Chinese yuan has overtaken the dollar in terms of um, <laughs> usage yeah. for cross-border payments. Mm -hmm. What implications do you think uh, this has? Some people are even talking about the dollar being replaced as a central uh, world currency. What 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 are the dynamics? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and, and how does that play into the cryptocurrency uh, environment? Yeah, yeah. So like we live in um, in a world today that's uh, post Bretton Woods. So like mm -hmm. after the Second World War, there was a world order that was established mm -hmm. where the U.S. dollar was the reserve currency mm -hmm. of the world, mm -hmm. um, and several all all countries decided to you know. Uh, at least in one way or another, uh, peg themselves to the U.S. dollar. Mm -hmm. And that's why we, we transact through the U.S. dollar. Mm -hmm. um, over time, because of the political aspect, mm -hmm. um, the weaponization of the U.S. dollar, mm -hmm. um, the massive printing by the Federal Reserve mm -hmm. uh, Bank, mm -hmm. um, a lot of people have felt like this dependence on the dollar is limiting their growth mm -hmm. as you know, it's limiting the growth of their economies. Mm -hmm. And so there's been a movement towards doing... Um, direct exchanges okay. so like in the case of china china and russia mm -hmm. deciding they will directly exchange in their own currencies instead mm -hmm. of using the us dollars an intermediary mm -hmm. but there was also the growth at least from bitcoin's launch in 2008 mm -hmm. of private um currencies okay. and so the kind of world we live in today is one where there are various money ecosystems mm -hmm. um the Cryptocurrency world, for example, has what one trillion dollars that's locked in in, mm -hmm. in that in that world, mm -hmm. and now we are seeing a lot more people, including China, mm -hmm. pushing their currencies to be um, more widely adopted and okay. more widely accepted. Mm -hmm. Though I, I think some of these things are overblown. Mm -hmm. um, to some extent, sixty percent of reserves today are still USD. Yes, yes. Um, a lot of the um, transactions still happen in USD, mm -hmm. and so it's it's it, it we, it's a wait and see kind of situation where. Mm -hmm. If the U.S. allows regulation around stable coins, it mm -hmm. still might have the upper hand because even in crypto world and mm -hmm. in most of these other transactions, trade yes. finance transactions today, mm -hmm. the USD is still uh, the leading currency. But that, that, that is dependent on uh, U.S. policy uh, yes. globally. Mm -hmm. Now, in our, uh, one of our episodes, we talked about uh, FTX and some bankman freed. Mm -hmm. We wanted to ex talk about, like, you know, this was the second largest exchange after mm -hmm. Binance. Did you feel the effects of that on, 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 on your work? Mm -hmm. or did this affect the ecosystem in any way? Yeah, 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 it did. It did. So um, last year we processed, what, uh, $11.8 million. Um, and this quarter we have processed $8.2 million. Okay. Um, this quarter alone, right? Mm -hmm. like, uh, and I think part of the reason why last year's numbers were affected mm -hmm. was because it started with the whole Terra Luna collapse. Okay. Um, and then um, FTX was caught up in a lot of those uh, trades. They mm -hmm. had a massive hole from Terra Luna. Okay. And one of, the, one of the ways it affected our business is 
we were doing a lot of um, algorithmic stable coins initially. Okay. So okay. we have fiat backed stable coins like USDC, USDT. Mm-hmm. We have algorithmic stable coins like mm-hmm. Terra was one and uh, CUSD was the other. Mm-hmm. We're not directly involved in the Luna ecosystem mm-hmm. because we didn't like the fundamentals. We felt like it was kind of uh, a Ponzi scheme. Okay. We were directly uh, involved within the CELO ecosystem with okay. CUSD, which is, you know, according to me, a, a more stable um, stable coin. Mm-hmm. But just the fact that it's an algorithmic stable coin affected okay. Um, okay. that okay. particular market. And I'll say that we are still going through a lot of those effects. Mm-hmm. A lot of, you know, a lot of dominoes have fell, have fell since uh, Terra Luna and we're still feeling the, you know, the, the effect of that two years or so later. Okay. Is there any way we can insulate ourselves from, from that? Is Because you'd think that if, if because it's a, 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 a you know, it's it's a, these are decentralized. You know that. Am I asking the right question here? <laughs> no, no, you, 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 you. So, so, so I think in the case of FTX, it was centralized, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's an exchange okay. uh, owned by Sam Bankman-Fried and his friends, mm-hmm. um, and you know, it's you're fully trusting Sam Bankman-Fried and his friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if anything, um, it has proven that model to be, you know. Are flawed okay, okay. Uh, because you know whether you look at ethereum or you look at uh, bitcoin network or you look at the um uh, uniswap and some of the decentralized uh platforms mm. they still are very much alive mm. right mm. um there's still a lot of value that's locked within those ecosystems those ecosystems okay. have not collapsed mm. um for years um so we had these centralized entities mm-hmm. that came into the um um blockchain and crypto ecosystem mm-hmm. and took up all the oxygen from the room. Yeah, so they're yeah. talking about FTX centralized, mm-hmm. Celsius central, mm-hmm. centralized, mm-hmm. Um, uh, Terra Luna to some extent you'll argue is, is decentralized but it was really um, centralized around uh, Doc Won and his, and his friends. Mm-hmm. And so the, you know, and, and this, you know, brings me to that thing of regulation, mm-hmm. which is like if you want to be a centralized entity mm-hmm. offering these assets, mm. you need to be regulated. Okay. I totally agree with what is happening now in terms of regul- I find a lot of people are complaining mm. uh, about you know the SEC regulating mm-hmm. crypto mm-hmm. entities, but mm-hmm. some of these crypto entities are just like centralized mm. um, entities mm. in the crypto mm. ecosystem, mm. and they are the biggest uh, causes of risk mm. to consumers yes. and to the financial system. Mm. So they need to be definitely um, you know, regulated. Okay. Um, Thank you very much. I think we've covered quite a lot of ground in terms of uh, uh, what uh, what Kotali uh, uh, Pay does. Uh, of course, also talking about uh, some of the experiences that you've had and building on the knowledge that you had in your previous workplaces. Um, we've also talked about uh, uh, the fourth industrial revolution. Uh, we've covered blockchain technology. We've covered uh, tokenization. Um, opportunities for remittances and and Kotali's role in that. Um, then, of course, um, the services that you provide. Now, in terms of people trying to, uh, is there possibilities, for example, for people to uh, get a stake in Kotani Pay? You know, can you, can, is, there, is there opportunity for partnerships? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are definitely opportunities for partnerships. So okay. we, we, we contribute broadly to the ecosystem. Okay. So whether it's for you know, developers, we work mm. a lot with developers on mm. um, 
our various APIs, but also just like a general contribution to our... So like one of the things we are doing in Kenya, mm. and maybe we'll extend this to the rest of Africa if it works well here, mm. is we want to establish a DAO, a decentralized autonomous organization mm -hmm. owned by a community of developers. Okay. We will seed that uh, DAO mm -hmm. with some funds. Mm -hmm. And the focus will really be on... Uh, um, develop blockchain development because I believe like the way to transform Africa is through the skills of uh, African youth. Mm -hmm. um, so so we will focus a lot on blockchain development. There might be some aspects uh, of you know AI as well. You know mm -hmm. AI development and mm -hmm. funding um, some of those uh, developments. Mm -hmm. We work broadly with. Um, um, news outlets and uh, other people who are trying to get the word out because okay. I think it's important for people to understand the technology and you know differentiate it from scams mm -hmm. you know whether it's the uh, Bitcoin mining scams that are in Africa or, or the other um, centralized entities that are, are bad actors within the ecosystem okay. um, and finally we also partner with organizations so if you're an organization that's looking for um, USD mm -hmm. or USD equivalents, we mm -hmm. can provide that through some of our products. Okay. If you're a Web3 uh, company looking to launch in Africa, mm -hmm. we can definitely um, help you with our API. And if okay. you're a humanitarian organization looking to disperse funds mm -hmm. uh, via stablecoins, we can do that through our USSD solution. Okay. Thank you very much. Um, we'd like to give our, our, our guests an opportunity to kind of Give us a rough idea where we can find them. So give us your socials. Yes. Um, so the socials is at Kotanipe mm -hmm. um, on Twitter um, or myself at Felix Masharia underscore on Twitter. Okay. Um, we're also on LinkedIn as Kotanipe and uh, Felix Masharia uh, Kotanipe on LinkedIn. Okay. Thank you very much, Felix Masharia, for, for being our guest today. Um, and we hope that we can probably engage at a later stage when we talk about changes that have taken place and I'm, I'm, I'm sure growth that have taken place across the continent. Yeah. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you.